Feliz Dia de los Padres. Bienvenidos a todos nuestra familia de Heritage. Happy Father's Day, friends, and welcome to this time of connection with our Heritage family. You know, we realize that Father's Day can be a loaded holiday. And so for some of you, you've looked forward to Father's Day, to celebrating it with your dad. Um, you have great connection with your father. And so this is an awesome time for you uh, to, to make the most of the time you have with your dad. For others of you though, there's some pain. Um, maybe you had an absent dad or didn't know your father or your father's no longer with you. And so we want to acknowledge that we hold all of that intention with you on this Father's Day, but pray that for those of you um, who have time with your dad, it's a great day for you. And, and for those of you where there's pain, I'm so grateful in those moments that we have a father who loves us perfectly, who knows us, who is with us, who is for us, um, and loves us without condition. And so if nothing else in this day, may you rest in that knowledge that your Father God loves you and sees you. You know, we've been having a great conversation that we've really just started over the last few weeks called Life in Circles. And if you missed out on last week's conversation that Pastor Sean had with some of our community leaders, we want to encourage you to take some time in the coming week, go to heritageqc.com, click the watch tab and get caught up in that conversation. Um, it was just a great space of being honest about the challenges that we have in our Quad Cities, but also um, so beautiful uh, to see some great leaders in our community come together with some really hopeful, positive words about how we move forward together. You know, one of the ways that we're encouraging us to continue to be a church that is more together is by journeying through this Life in Circles booklet. And so if you haven't downloaded it, we wanna encourage you to do that. You can do that on our website or through our app, which I'll get to in just a minute, or you can pick up a hardbound copy at our Bridgepoint location or at our Wednesday night prayer, praise, and encouragement evenings for a $2 donation. So I mentioned the app and I wanna talk about it now. If you have not downloaded our Heritage Church Center app, I would beg you to do that, please. Uh, because it's going to be so important in the days ahead. This is going to be your best tool for staying connected with us, for registering as we open up our spaces this coming weekend. Yes, you heard that right, folks. We, this coming Sunday, we are opening up our spaces for our live worship gatherings. Now, we're going to be doing that in a safe way, in a socially distanced way, and in a way that allows for great contact tracing. And so we need you to register ahead of time. You can do that through the app. You can do that online. Um, the process is really easy, and we just encourage you to do that. For those of you who aren't ready yet to engage in physical space with people, that's okay. We're going to continue to be with you um, in an online uh, community as well as on TV all the way throughout the summer. Um, but we are so excited about the opportunity that we're going to have to continue to incrementally re-engage our circles in community. So make sure you register. It's gonna be Sunday at 8 a.m., 9.30 and 11 a.m. at our Bettendorf campus, our Rock Island campus, to our Vida Nueva family. We're gonna be having bilingual components at all of our services, but our 11 a.m. service at our Rock Island campus will offer simultaneous translation to help you um, continue to connect with us. Um, as we journey forward together. I'm really looking forward to our service today, our time of worship together, as we continue uh, to look at life in circles and celebrate the circle of connection and relationship that Father, Son, and Spirit have, have demonstrated uh, to us since the very beginning. Friends, we are made in the image of the Godhead. We reflect Father, Son, and Spirit as individuals, and even more so when we are together. Let's worship. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Let there be light. Let there be a space between the waters and the waters flow together into one place so the dry ground appears. And let that ground sprout with vegetation. God then said, let lights appear to separate day and night 
and let them mark the seasons, days, and years. And that is how it happened. Heart of 
adore you Hope of a life spent with you So here I am to worship Here I am to bow down Here I am to say that You're my God You're all together lovely All together worthy All together wonderful to
There's something powerful about singing with one another from wherever we are, whether we're gathering by ourselves or with a small circle of others, and doing that in a way where we're using different languages as a reminder that we all belong to one another, that all of us are connected in circles, big and small, even far beyond what it is that we can see on a day-to-day -day basis. One of the most powerful ways of praying that I have found in my life is a prayer that reminds me of how tightly connected in a circle of relationship God is and that he wants to invite me into. Throughout our Life in Circles journey, we're going to be praying in different ways in different moments. And uh, on this Father's Day, I'm reminded that we can call out on God according to the various names that he gives us. We can pray the names of God back to himself. My little boy once told me that he loves the way that I say his name because it feels safe when I say it. And I think we all want those kinds of relationships where there's that sense of intimacy, where we can say someone's name and it feels safe when we say it. That indicates to me a, a sense of how it is that we can call out on God according to his names that he gives us. He calls himself Wonderful Counselor. And so right now, wherever you are, I invite you, cry out to him for wisdom as the Wonderful Counselor. He refers to himself as the Mighty God who overcomes. So where is there a space in your life, in your world today, where you are desperate for God to overcome an impossible circumstance? Pray to him now in that way. He refers to himself as God, our healer. Where is it that you need to cry out to God, our healer, for healing in you, in your family, or in the world? And do that even now. But perhaps the, the greatest name that God invites us to use as we pray is that of Father. In fact, we're told that by his spirit, we can cry out, Abba, Dad, Father, and be confident that he hears us and listens and is responsive to what we pray. So as we prepare to press into message today, I'm going to lead us in the prayer Jesus taught us to pray, which begins by calling out to God as Father. That prayer and several others are in the Life in Circles book. So I'm just going to lead us in the Our Father from the book here, and I invite you to follow along with me as we seek Him together. Are you ready? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Hey there, family. It is so good to be with you this weekend. And oh man, I have to tell you over the last couple of weeks as we've had opportunities to gather together physically for to praise and to praise and to offer words of encouragement and to take communion together. Those have been awesome, sacred moments. You know, I am deeply grateful for the gift of technology and the ability it's given us over the last few months to, to continue to gather together even when we're apart. But there is something special, something sacred that happens when we have moments to gather together in person, to see one another and to worship together. 
And I have to tell you, I am so excited about the journey that we're on as a church as we continue to seek to expand our circles, to, to be able to gather in physical spaces on a consistent basis to worship together. But I want us to know today that the most important thing we can be doing in this season is actually creating space for God to prepare us and to do a work in us individually and collectively so that we're ready to experience all that God desires for us in the season ahead. You know, that's really what this Life in Circles journey is all about. I mean, we all know that, that life happens in the context of circles and circles of relationship, relationships with our family and our friends and our neighborhoods and our workplaces in our cities or perhaps in our cells or pods or in our campuses. And it's in the context of these circles of relationship that we can experience the life and the life to the full that, that Jesus has come to offer us. And it's in these circles of relationship that, that we can not just merely experience what it means to survive, but what we can walk and experience what it means to thrive. Now, we all know that these circles of relationship can be incredibly messy and hard. I mean, we understand that and we get that, but the reality is they're worth it. They're worth it. Now, you may say, Justin, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure they're worth it. How can you say that with such certainty? And my answer to you would simply be this, is that we are created to do life in circles. We are created for life in circles together. In fact, long before we were even created, long before the, man, the first man took his first breath on this earth, living in circles it was the context by which everything was happening. In fact, long before God spoke the sun and the earth into being, long before Genesis chapter 1, the very first verse of your scripture, the reality is that this living in circles was happening in the context of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You see, long before creation, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit were living in the context of and experiencing the beauty of life in circles together. You know, I came across a quote this past week by a New Testament theologian by the name of, of Scott McKnight. And this is what he says about this. Listen to these words. He says, Ever wonder what God was doing way back before time, before creation, billions of years ago? Have you ever wondered that? I mean, I know I have. But he goes on and he continues and he says this. The greatest theologians have an answer. Since God is love, God was loving. What God was doing was dwelling in love. Father loving son, son loving father, father loving spirit, spirit loving father, son loving spirit, and spirit loving son. He said, endless, ceaseless, expanding, entirely satisfying, and creating love from one to the other. God was loving. God is loving, and God always will be loving. And he concludes by saying this, Love is who God is, and love is what God does. You see, I love this quote. Because the reality is it's in, it's in this living and loving in the context of, of circles between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in which all of creation came about. And it's in the context of these loving circles in which you and I and mankind were created. In fact, if you look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, after, after God has spoken you know, the sun and the, the moon and, and the earth into being, it says this about you and I. Remember, happening in the context of this loving relationship, it says this, Then God said, Let us, let us, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, make human beings in our image to be like us. Now, this is such a loaded scripture, and we've looked at it together before, but what I want us to see today is that just as that living and loving in the context of circles was happening when you and I were created, that we were created to experience that just like us, just like God. It goes on to say this in verse 27. It says, So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. You see, what we see in the context of this scripture is that you and I were created out of community, the community that had existed before time, that you and I were created out of community for community. 
We were created out of community for community. In fact, as you're looking at the creation narrative, you see God speaks, you know, speaks light into existence and, and, and animals and land. And, and every step of the way, he says, it's good. This is good. This is good. Then he creates mankind, you and I. And he says, man, this is very good. But there was one thing that wasn't good. Remember what that is? We see it in Genesis chapter 2 where he says, it is not good for man to be alone. You know, it's in that space, maybe you remember the story where, where God causes Adam, the first human, to, to fall asleep and he takes one of his ribs and he creates Eve. And, and it's this beautiful picture and this, this illustration almost that, that, yes, it's not good for man to be alone, but it's almost as if Adam was alone or isolated, that he would be incomplete. But man, when he is in relationship with Eve, the one who was created from his rib, then that is what God's ideal and desire is for us. You see, this is a beautiful picture. This is what God desired, where Adam and Eve are are experiencing and walking in the beauty of living in intimate circles with God as they walked about in the garden and with one another. You know, now I know today that, that we live in a world that is very different than what Adam and Eve experienced there in the Garden of Eden. We live in a world that is, is experiencing things that they never did, things like brokenness and sin and injustice and racism. But the invitation that Jesus has for you and for me is even in the midst of this brokenness to still experience the beauty of community, of intimacy with Him and with others. In fact, take a look at Hebrews chapter 10. Starting in verse 19, this is what it says. Listen to these words in the invitation that's available to you and to me. It says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place, the most holy places where God's presence dwelled in the tabernacle throughout the Old Testament, he says, Since we have confidence to enter that place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open to us through the curtain that is Jesus' body. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, listen to verse 22, he says, Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. And listen to verse 23, and it says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he, for Jesus who promised is faithful. You see, what a beautiful picture for you and I, that because of Jesus, because of his sacrifice, because of his body broken for us and his blood poured out for us, that we can approach, we can come near to God with sincere hearts. Just like Adam and Eve walked in the cool of the garden with God, you and I have the invitation because of Jesus to walk and navigate this life, walking with him, and sincere, intimate relationship with God. What a beautiful picture. You know, that's why the gospel is such good news. It's because if God is willing to redeem and to restore the most sacred, intimate of relationships between us and Him, the reality is that He is showing us that He is willing and able to restore every circle of relationship that we're connected in. And the reality is that relationship with God is is the most sacred and it's the most important. And it's one that you and I today, Jesus is inviting us and saying, listen, because of my body and my blood, you can walk with me. That's good news. But as you remember in Genesis chapter 2, Adam was already created. He was already walking with God. And it was in that space that God said, listen, it's not good for you to be alone. And just like you and I today, the invitation is to walk in circles of relationship, yes, with God, but also with others. Now, we all have varying size circles of relationship that we engage in. I mean, that's true of you and that's true of me. And the reality was, is Jesus lived that very same way. You see, Jesus was engaged in varying level of sizes of circles of relationship. And there were some people that Jesus was closer to than others. I mean, think about this with me. There were certain things that Jesus shared with all of his followers. You know, whether he was teaching to the masses or the crowds, there were things that he shared with all of his followers, but there were more personal things that he experienced and shared only with his 12 disciples. I mean, think about the Lord's Supper, similar to what we experienced last weekend together. But even in the context of those 12 disciples, there were, there were three, three of his best friends, Peter, James, and John, that he shared the most intimate of moments with. 
these were the moments that, these were the three that he shared the most glorious of experiences. For instance, when he was transfigured on the mountain, right? These, these glorious, great moments. But it was also these three, these three intimate friends that he experienced and shared the most devastating and hurtful and broken moments of his life. Think of just hours before he was betrayed. When he's, when he's sitting in the Garden of Gethsemane praying, agonizing, knowing that the cross is coming. It was Peter, James, and John who were there with him. And the reality is, is just like Jesus, God's desire for you and for me is to have that intimate circle of, of relationships, maybe three to five people at max, where we can take off the mask, where we can stop pretending, where, where we, can, we can share what's really happening within us where we can be truly known and and even experience what it means to to be truly loved for who we are. You see, God's desire is we all experience those intimate relationships, but the reality is, is that if we're going to experience the intimate circles of relationship He desires, we have to be willing to be vulnerable because intimacy requires vulnerability. Intimacy requires vulnerability. Now, I know some of you just like threw up in your mouth, all right? And, and you hear vulnerability, you're like, oh, hold on, hold on. Okay, don't check out yet. Because the reality is if we are going to experience the intimate relationships and circles of relationships that God desires for us to have with Him and with others, we have to be willing to be vulnerable because intimacy requires vulnerability. You can't have one without the other. And I know vulnerability is kind of like a, a two-edged sword that cuts both ways, I mean, it's in the spaces where we're most vulnerable, where where many of us have been hurt the most. And I know that. And I've experienced that. And I'm, I'm deeply sorry that we've walked through that and you've walked through that. But the reality is, is that it's only in the most vulnerable of spaces that we can experience the, the intimacy of relationship with God and with others that He has designed us for. In fact, It's in these intimate circles of relationships where we can actually experience God's power and His presence and His His peace. In fact, take a look with me at James chapter 5, verse 16. This is what it says. Listen to these words. It's just an example of what what this reality of intimacy requires vulnerability. It says this, confess your sins to one another. Confess your sins to one another. This, this is a vulnerable place. This is where we're taking the mask off and letting those around us in that intimate circle see what's really happening in us. But listen to this. He says, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another and you will be healed. It's in that space that God's power in His presence comes because intimacy requires vulnerability. Now, what vulnerability is not is it's not just a, hey, ask me any question you want and I'll tell you. It's not like a fact-finding mission. Vulnerability is when we expose ourselves emotionally. And it takes a risk. It, It takes trust. But I'll tell you, it's worth it. Because that's where we can experience what God desires and has designed us for. Now hear me, I don't know your journey, I don't know your story, I don't know the spaces where maybe you've been hurt or in those vulnerable places, but I know mine. And I know for me growing up, you know, I, I you know, grew up in a home that was, was a little bit stressed, single mom and, you know, like had some, some alcoholic tendencies and, and, you know, I had an older brother who was the golden child, you know, I love him, he's a hero of mine, but he could do nothing wrong and I, I felt like, and I was told, you know, I wish you never would have had you. And so I grew up my entire life, even when I was having success on the athletic field or in the classroom, feeling like I was, I never measured up. And so I got to this place where I would literally hold people at arm's length and, and with this, this idea that if they really knew me, they wouldn't love me. And I literally lived my life that way. I got married, met my bride, Jessie. We got married. I started in pastoral ministry and, and literally just feeling like I had to keep people at arm's length. But it wasn't until I walked through a season of pretty significant brokenness, grieving the loss of loved ones, things happening inside of me that I didn't want anyone else to know, that my wife met me in the midst of that space. And it was for the first time in my life that I experienced the beauty of intimacy marked by vulnerability. It was in that space where I knew that my wife was with me, that she loved me, she wasn't going to leave me no matter how messed up and broken that it looked like. And it was in that space that I experienced God's power and His presence and His healing but it took a risk. Now, for, 
for me, like now, not only do I share with my wife, but I have two or three guys around me that I constantly sit with and share. I share what I'm, I'm, I'm wrestling with, the things I'm frustrated about, the things I'm afraid of, the failures, the sin and things, because I want to experience the peace and presence and power of God. And that's what God desires for you and I as well. In fact, that's what the writer of Ecclesiastes in Ecclesiastes 4 is speaking about when he says this in verse 12. He says, A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. You see, what what Solomon, the writer of Ecclesiastes, is saying is that intimate circles matter. That you and I can't do life alone. But man, when, when we have that intimate relationship with God, marked by vulnerability, and relationships with others where we're willing to be real, and we have people that really know us and love us, he's like, we can stand in the midst of this world and conquer. You see, that's why these intimate circles of relationship are so, so important. But what's also important to understand is that, that the health of these circles our relationship with God and that small circle around us, the health of those circles literally have a ripple into every other area of our lives. In fact, another way to say that is that circles of intimacy have a ripple. Circles of intimacy have a ripple, whether good or, or bad. I mean, the reality is, is that our, our intimacy and our walk with Jesus and our, and our relationship with those close-knit friends that know us and love us and are there for us, those will be the ones that can, that these relationships can be the fuel that kind of propel us into the other areas of our life and, and enable us to live with great peace and with great power and with great joy. I mean, these circles of relationship can literally be the, the, the springboard that launches us to take risk or perhaps to, to step into uncharted territory wherever we're at. But it's also these circles of relationship that if they're broken or they're, there's division or, or perhaps we just don't have somebody that knows us, we don't have them, can lead us to live into every other area of our life from spaces of, of fear or apathy or brokenness or shame. But you see, God's invitation for you and I is to, to have circles of relationship with intimate people who know us, who cheer us on, who love us, regardless of when we fall. Because then when that is solid, we can go and have a ripple into it has a ripple into every other area of our lives. You see, look at back, let's go back to Hebrews chapter 10. You'll see this lived out a little bit in verse 24 and 25. And it says this, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Verse 25, Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. It got out of the habit because of fear of persecution. And he's saying, listen, don't give up meeting together, but encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. You know, why would he say all the more? All the more as you see the day approaching. Let me tell you why. He's saying, don't give up meeting together. Don't give up pursuing these circles of intimacy and relationship. All the more. Why? Because this world is hurting. It's broken. We're navigating days that are just hard. Life is hard. But he says, don't give up meeting Don't give up on these spaces of relationship. In the midst of the brokenness, in the midst of the hardship, go to these spaces and encourage one another, spur one another on toward love and good deeds. All the more until the day. What day? When Jesus returns. All the more as that day approaches. You see, these circles of intimacy relationship are so important. And that's why the conversation we're having today is one that's really important that we don't just rush past and and think, oh, I don't need that. But this is one where we need to sit and say, God, what are the status of my closest, most intimate relationships? What is the status of my relationship with you? Am am I able to, to come to you with a sincere heart? Am I doing that consistently, experiencing communion with you? And who are the people around me that just know me or I can take the mask off. I don't have to pretend anymore. Or yeah, they may say hard things to me, but at the end of the day, they got my back. You see, you and I were created out of community, for community. We were created for intimate relationships with God and with others that are marked by vulnerability. And when they're good, when they're healthy, you and I can experience 
thriving, not just in those circles, but in every other circle of relationship. And so today, listen, as we close, I want to create space for you and for me in, in the coming moments and, and even in the coming days and to take, take time to just simply sit with Holy Spirit and to say, Holy Spirit, will you just show me the status of my most intimate relationships? So Holy Spirit, what, is, what does my relationship with you and the Father and the Son look like today? Maybe ask the question, who really knows me, Holy Spirit? Who can I take my mask off with? Or have I been living my life keeping people at arm's length? And just ask Holy Spirit to speak. And secondly, say, Holy Spirit, what are my next steps so that I can experience the life that you designed me for? You know, we all have an opportunity to experience a glimpse of the beauty of what Father, Son, and Holy Spirit experienced long before creation. But we have to be willing to let him speak to us and to transform the relationships in the most intimate circles. We're created to live in circles. It's worth it. So let's step into a moment of praying together as we step into this time of reflection. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, thank you that you created us out of community for community. Lord, we know it's not good for us to be alone. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak to us today, that you would show us the status of the most close, closest relationships. And Father, if there's woundedness that is preventing us from maybe being vulnerable, would you bring healing today? Would you restore and would you give us the courage and the, the, the ability to trust, if nothing else, to trust you, to hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess, knowing that you who promised are faithful. And God, may you transform the most intimate of circles in our lives today. And may it position us to experience thriving in every other area of our life, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.
Thanks for worshiping with us online this weekend as we explored the different circles of relationship that God invites us into. And we just want to highlight and celebrate some milestone moments here at Heritage. The first being baptism. River Baptisms is coming up on July 12th, and we are so excited about it. Baptism is the next step of obedience for those who put their faith and trust in Jesus. If you'd like to register to be baptized, you can do so by going to the Church Center app or going to heritageqc.com and clicking on the Life in Circles tab. We all know that this season has brought many challenges for many of us. And like, like the challenges we've faced, our graduating seniors have had to walk their own unique set of challenges as they finished high school in the midst of a pandemic. And we just want to say congrats because you did it. Although it was challenging, you did it. And we are so proud of you and are looking forward to the next steps that God has for you. So church family, we want to celebrate that with you today. Check out this video of how we celebrated our seniors this year. And we'll see you here next week. All right, we're pulling up on our first senior grad delivery. Here we go. What's up, girls? You can say hey. Say hi to the camera, Bella. Hi. Congratulations. Cece, say hi to the camera for hi. me. Senior grad celebration drop-off number three to Miss Leah Tarpin. What's up? Camera. Drop off number five, Patrick. Hey. Happy graduation. Congratulations, dude. I did it. You did it. <laughs> exactly. Only took four years, but you did it, man. That was awesome. I'm glad we get to celebrate with you today. Hey, we're going to deliver our gift to Laura, our graduate on our way. Here she is. Say hi. Welcome to our very first and maybe last ever senior celebration live because normally we do this in person. So stoked that you guys are here. And seniors, I got some final thoughts for you as we close our time together. Um, things are changing but you're not alone. We aren't even saying goodbye, okay? We are welcoming you into this community as an adult, which means you're now someone who can be fully integrated into everything we do as a church, as you should be. This is something to be celebrated and to be recognized as there are many ways for you to get more involved and discover God's purpose for your life. And I hope that you will. <laughs> 